We're like cat lovers only. Click here. But I'm not even worried about a skeleton. Like a I skeleton. think you should be worried about skeletons. But the virus could, in fact, help preserve them more, longer. No, that's that's impossible. When did you become a ninja where you can just climb anything? Maybe I would try to launch a couple chairs at the tiger. <laughs> Let's say that there's a lot. Look, I, I mean, look, I'm not going to say that I'm a great writer here, but look. You don't see me going up into the Himalayan mountains and trying to pretend I'm a Yeti, man. That's just not going to happen. And that's probably a wrong fact, but I think that's true. The opening shot is a moon coming into focus, and I think we can use that as like, you know, things are coming into focus now. Oh, I like that. I didn't. I didn't. Even well, of course, you that. didn't notice it. That's why I'm. I know. I know. That's why I'm here. That's why I have you. That's yeah. That's right. That's right. Keep me. Keep me um, on track here. Now, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Okay. Well, I was gonna say. Just speaking of um, the moon coming on focus, do you watch the intro every time? I watch. I, I mean, I'm assuming you're watching on Netflix so that you can skip the intro if you want to. Do you watch the intro every time? This was exactly what I was going to ask you. And yes, I watch the intro every single time. So do I. So do I. And I do it for a couple of reasons. One reason is um, it's part of how the creator thought about the story, right? So the filmmakers thought about like in, in you couldn't skip intros in 1990, right? So you, the intro Correct. is part of this, right? And then the second reason is um, I like to get into the mood, right? The intro sets up how you're supposed to feel and think. And so it's a good way of just taking, it's a long intro, um, but it's a good time. It it's a good way of just taking that time to like settle in and say, okay, let's get started. It's a long intro and it's not a particularly interesting uh, intro. It may not be interesting, but is informative. And, and the reason I say that is, and we haven't talked about the intro a lot, um, and there's a reason why I think we're talking about the intro now, but the the intro is interesting because it's showing you it's it's showing you this montage of the 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 mill, right? Um, right, right. And there's and the water and the waterfall, um, but the mill specifically is like okay when you think of a a logging. Because that's what it is. It's like a, uh, you know, a, uh, a logging mill or whatever. Sawmill. sawmill. It's a sawmill. Thank you. A sawmill. Um, you think probably of like, oh, I see boards getting cut or like logs getting in there, right? But what do we see? We see the machinery getting sharpened, right? That's what's happening there. Yeah. It's the yeah. it's the blades that do the work that are getting sharpened, um, and I think, I think that's important. Right. It's it's ominous in a way. Right. And yeah. it's um, you know, it, it has this music. It's kind of slow and we get our take our time seeing this. But it's important. Yeah. Yeah. And then again, yeah, I just, uh, you know, thinking about like how the river and the and the goes into that waterfall. No one's ever mentioned that waterfall before, but like it's a visual yeah. that we see every single time. Um and, uh, you know, I, I think it's interesting. Yeah, I, I watch it just to get me 
into the headspace. Right. You know what I mean? Like I usually skip, I, I actually like to watch intros. It gets like, just cause I think it gets me in, in it, 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 like it sets me up for what I'm going to see. Right. So I don't mind watching. I don't like to skip them necessarily. I know when we were binge watching, this is another one that I thought was really important to watch the intro to. I always watch the intro to Stranger Things because it really puts you into a place as well with the music, the creepy music, the 80s type of like dissolve into the. And so I thought it was always important to watch that. Not everybody in this household that I am in right now thought that that's true. So there's a little bit of tension there. Um, but I always, I always like to watch the intros of stuff. So I just was curious if you did. I do. You know, I mean, people, people think about these things and, and it's not just something like, oh, we need to stick an intro on here. No, it doesn't matter. It matters. Everything matters. So, so we, it's interesting because I think we start from a place this time in, in, in episode six, we start from a place where we've never really seen this before. But Cooper is pissed. He's like not in control. Like this is the first time I think we really we really understand or have this idea that like Cooper really is just not in control of his environment. And he even talks to what Diane, right? He talks in his microphone and says, you know, like basically he's upset about this. Get him some earplugs. And, you know, the traveler once the traveler traveler leaves his home, he has one. He loses 100 uh, percent uh, of control in his environment. Right. And you you don't expect that really coming from Cooper, who seems constantly in control. Well, I mean, it's also like the honeymoon kind of is over. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. at this point, yeah. like the honeymoon of this place is kind of over, right? You know, up until this point, only good things were said about this. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, uh, things are changing. Um, the honeymoon's over. We understand that, yeah, Cooper it's not just something that comes naturally. Like Cooper works on control, being able to control everything around him. Right. Um, right. And being able to have that ability. And, uh, you know, when he loses it, it, he gets pissed. You know, he got pissed, you know, and he, he, he recovers quickly. Maybe just give him some, yeah. maybe give him some coffee. But like when Andy dropped his gun, man, like he, he, if you looked, you saw the frustration, you saw the frustration. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah, you know, he, he recovered, right? No problem. But um, certainly he, he likes to be in control of the situation. Um, he's headed downstairs, right? Do his morning thing. The, I like... Right, it's the Icelanders. The Icelanders are in yeah, town. Yeah, so That's the right. Icelanders are in town because um, Jerry brought them in. We, we, I mean, we, we knew this a little bit from last time, but... Jerry's bringing them in again, yeah. like they're trying to get this deal set up. And we also learned that the Ghost Woods, we, we were like, what's Ghost Woods? We forget what Ghost Woods were. Was it the estate? We right. weren't quite sure. Yeah, of course, it's the estate. They call it Ghost Woods, which I just didn't think w- they would have called it that. Oh, oh, no, do you? So I wasn't I wasn't sure. It says it's the Ghostwood Estate Project. I had some weird, I don't know why I thought this, but do they call the woods surrounding um Twin Peaks, the Ghostwood, and this is the Ghostwood project. Like this is just like I, that's what I th- I thought. Maybe they call the woods the Ghostwoods, and this is just like a project, Ghostwood projects. Like you would name something by a you know a, 
a landmark. Close yeah, by, I mean, they say it's know? the Ghostwood ex- Estates and the Ghostwood Project. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I would, I guess, I'm assuming that the Ghostwoods is the woods. That's what they name the woods around them. And again, we know that it there's ju- a little bit of mystery and supernatural things that happen yeah. in there. It seems a little on the nose. Yeah, you know what I mean. It just seems a little on the nose. Which is why I think we both were like, "Is it? It couldn't be the estates that were called Ghostwood, right?" That's, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Jerry has a girlfriend. Jerry gets a girlfriend, or he's he's involved with some. Yeah. Uh, now we are skipping. We're skipping ahead a little bit because I think it. Oh, sorry, sorry. sorry. It, oh, I did. You're right. I did miss. I did miss something. A chat with Audrey. Yeah. Right? We, I think it's important yeah. with the chat with Audrey, and I think the chat yeah. with Audrey is important for one specific reason. And, you know, we were when when I started this, I was like, listen, they're they're high school students, and there's relationships with older people, and that seems a little weird, um, and not not right. Great. Right. Um. And then this this episode, he's literally like, how old? Are, like, because she's all kind of like, hey, I want to hang out with you today. And he's like, uh, I thought uh, people could go to school, right? Like, uh, it's Wednesday. Yeah, it's Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. I used to go to school and I was um, and she's like, and he, then he's like, how old are you? And, and she's like 18. Establishing that he's 18. Um, I don't know. I didn't believe her. I mean, clearly she's older than she's 18. 18. The actress is older than 18. Oh, yeah. The, eight, but, yeah, the actress is <laughs> so older than 18, but I don't think she And again, she, yeah. we're like thinking about like how she sees herself, right? Um, right. But yeah, we, we have to establish the fact that she's 18. I think that's important. Yeah, but I, I um, so as you know, I've been watching for, uh, randomly. This isn't just something I've been seeking out, but I've happened to watch two um teen movies over the past like couple weeks and i really found it interesting like i was like thinking about twin peaks as i was watching these teen movies for various reasons but it really is um it, it, i the, the idea that that teenagers have a different view of themselves than what the outside world sees them as i think is a really cool thing to explore and I think Twin Peaks is, is doing that right so you know in all these teen in teen movies like there's all these like uh, stereotypes of different people different groups they do that I'm sure on purpose they do it so um, uh, well I you know I'm not, I don't want to get into it but and and there's also like the people that are the kids in those particular movies like everything that's happening to them is like like the has to be the greatest and the final and the you have to do you know especially graduation right when you're graduating college like uh, high school it's like this is the last time you get to do anything cool or whatever so it's like this idea of like you're you're leaving this childhood and you're becoming this adult but you're not sure exactly what you're supposed to be doing and i think twin peaks is really just like that's what's going on in twin peaks like constantly these kids these kids are some of them don't exactly know what they're supposed to be doing. Like they're, they maybe they, should they be helping with the investigation as we'll see. And some of the kids think they should be helping. Maybe they shouldn't be, uh, you know, uh, maybe they're doing things that they shouldn't be. They're involved with things that they, they shouldn't be involved with. And they got sucked into it because they thought they were, they had a little bit more control than they, than they did. It really, I just think it's interesting how these kids, like I am focused on the kids relationships rather than some of the other stuff that's going right. on. And and I think you're exactly right when you, I mean, this is not something that's made up for movies. Like 
I work with um, high school students. And yeah, prom is very important. Like that's important to them. Like things are important to them because one, it's maybe the first time they've experienced it. And also bigger picture, like they can't see the bigger picture. (laughs) So so everything that's happening right now is the most important thing. And if that's taken away from them or if that doesn't happen or if they don't get it, it, it does feel like we're missing something that we'll never get back, right? Uh, one thing I want you to notice when we're looking at this too is the uh, the camera work in this one, I, I noticed particularly. And there's a couple scenes that definitely were like, notice me, I'm the camera. But I, Oh, do, do we know who directed this I one? I don't know who directed this one. I guess I could okay. find out. I could just okay. look back. Um, but I think it's interesting the way that the camera works here. You know, this is me because I'm not a film person. I really didn't notice the camera movement. And maybe that's a good thing. You know, maybe I was so caught into the actual, uh, you know, like story and everything that I didn't notice the what was going on. But I don't know. I don't use I unless something's like jarring, like those Dutch angles that we were talking about before. Canted. Like I'm really probably canted not angles. Why, why? Why can't you say Dutch? Is that some, is that derogatory? Well, I mean, it's you know, it's it's it is funny because I did just see a thing on derogatory film film term like. It, it, when you're a crew member, like there's certain things that are called th- certain things, but then you have like like slang names for them, right? right. Um, Dutch angle, not necessarily, but Dutch angle one isn't Dutch. It comes from German, right? Deutsch, um, and right. it's from German expressionism uh, and German expression film specifically, uh, who use those canted angles a lot. So it, it's it's there's a point of like yeah, it's honoring him, but it's not again, it's not Dutch. There's it's it's the German of it, and also right. should we should we call the things the right things right? There's, there's yeah, that. I, yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, I like. Okay, yeah, should we, yeah, call the thing the right thing. Anyway, yeah. So you like the camera movement then becomes important, right? So um, so I want you when when you watch this, maybe if you watch it again or whatever, or maybe I'll point some things out. The uh, the way the camera moves. I think is really nicely done. There's some takes that are longer, right? And allows us to really stay in there and look and be, because I think a lot of this, a lot of this one is dealing with like some relationships, especially the first, you know, the first act. Yeah, the first, the first act is like totally like setting up relationships between people. We just saw one, right? And then we're going to cut to, um, after this relationship that happens with, um, Cooper and Audrey, um, we're going to then cut to uh, the relationship that happens between um, you know, Jerry and uh, Ben, who are like, you know, let's, you know, I Ben's literally saying, like, I am fell for somebody right now. I have a relationship right. that's going on. Uh, we see, um, you know, Leland is like, he is now, he's, he's gone, man. He's like he's, in, he's very... Um, he has not recovered from the death of Laura Palmer. No, and again, I think there's something going on there that's, I don't know, man. I like listen. I'm a father. I mean, I will say this in defense of of Leland. Not only has he lost his daughter, but again, this is a soap opera, right? right. I mean, the acting that we see, I think, is a combination of you know the actor's truth, but also a, a sense of like, hey, this is what 
you're supposed to act like in a, in a soap opera, right? I mean, so. Right. And listen, he lost his daughter, man. I, I, I see yeah. there's there's pain there, right? And he just feels like he needs he needs something to occupy his time, right? Because it's just all yeah, that's yeah. going through his, right? And so, uh, you know, Ben Horn c- can't deal with this. Right, and he's but, like, get him why, out of here. No, but this is this is not <laughs> this the, is ben the last Horn's thing. expertise. Yeah, I mean, this he, is the last thing already, Ben Horn needs. Yeah, they already he already blew the first, uh, you know, investment project. Right, so now he right. needs another. He's got to get these Icelanders. The other, the, what the Swedes were, or Finland, I can't remember. It seems like people. He, he's really targeting like uh, the the Nordic countries up there for right. his, for this project. Yeah, for whatever I, reason. Well, yeah, I mean, maybe at that time. I can't, you know, sometimes when film analysis, we look at like historical film analysis. I don't know what was going on at that time in Sweden uh, per, and Norway. Perhaps there was a lot of money in there. I mean, there's a lot of money up there. Yeah, I don't know. Either. Yeah. There's yeah. oil up there, right? So like that certainly maybe played a role in the 90s. I don't know. Um, but but after that little scene, this is where we get into the first kind of camera movement that I want to uh, share with you, which is they are now in um, Jacques' uh, apartment, right? And they are looking and they've got it all. It's a crime scene, right? And they've got everything. We start that shot on uh, from the top, right? We we start there uh, with the whatever light is hanging down from the top, right? Right. That's the thing that we start on. And we kind of looks like we kind of boom down a little bit. into this conversation that you know begins you know what's happening here blah 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 blah. right cooper's looking for donuts cooper's looking for donuts right and the donuts aren't there it's one shot there's no cutting here so we see the whole thing um it's you know nice blocking as the characters go in and out closer and further from the uh the camera and the camera pulls back it's probably on a dolly or something and um you know, we pull back and see that the the guy is talking on the phone, right? The medical examiner. And then yeah. he turns and says, like, so things are being revealed just through camera stuff, which is great. And then. OK, so I did notice all that. I really did. OK, so that I did notice yeah. without noticing I mean, that's, it. Was, that's really yeah. nice stuff. Yeah. But what, I, what I'm getting at here is that Cooper's looking up, starting to look up. And where yeah. is the thing that he finds? He finds the the. Girly magazine. What is it called? I forget what it is. Like skin. Uh, oh, it, um, I, f- I, oh, I forget what it's it called. It's, yeah. But it's the same magazine we saw before, right? Laura had right. this magazine in her thing. And it's where for is swingers. It? Yeah. Yeah. Where is that magazine? It's, bu- it's it? above the light or, or it's in the ceiling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's at that light, right? It's at the light. So again, he's using, and, and we see this a lot, like what do we start with and what do we end with? Is important, yeah. and then we, you know, we push into like the flesh. It's flesh world swingers. Flesh right? world, that's right. Yeah. Right. What do we start with? What do we end with? Is important, and I think that was a nice little camera move that was like in. It gave us everything we needed to know. Um, I don't know. I liked the camera movement in this. In this, this one particularly, like, just was like, wow. There's some really interesting things that they're doing. Yeah, I I did like that whole. I even wrote that that, that whole like setup and shot and scene at Jock's house, uh, you know, very crime procedural, you know, like we, we get these, like, we're doing, are we doing a crime TV show or are we doing a, do- uh, a drama? I think it's a little bit of both and it's kind of weaved in 
And so I do think that that particular scene really kind of held my attention the entire time. It was good. It's holding your attention because it's not cutting, right? Yeah. It's not cutting at all. You were, you're literally seeing real time what's happening, no cuts to get us out of that that um, scene so that was really good they're finding a lot of information here and again like you know we knew the cut we knew from a previous transition right a graphic match that the that the that the trailer truck that we saw was leo's truck in front of his house that right that transition right. happened for us already it happens again and we go to shelly and uh bobby they're doing a little bit of role-playing Talking tough, man. Yeah. Talking tough. Bobby likes, you know, one thing about Bobby, and actually we see, I, I like Bobby's transmit or transition in this uh, this episode, but one thing we see about Bobby, he's a big, tough talker, but when it comes down to it, like yeah. that, the way it played out where he's, you know, so here's what's happening. Like Shelly and Bobby, they're, they got the gun and they're kind of like role playing what would happen if you know if Leah were to walk in on them right now while they're right. eating breakfast and and Bobby's talking a big tough game and right, then the great thing is they like hear a door something like there's a door like slam right that uh, from outside and they well, both car like pulls panic. up right yeah. yeah car pulls up and they panic like like they just flat out panic about right. it because they thought great... maybe Leo was showing up right yeah and so possibly. again it's that idea of being a kid like for all intents and purposes, Shelly's still a kid, right? She dropped out of yeah. like school, right? She's probably Bobby's age in reality yeah. or a little bit older. She probably has to be older, 18, if she's married. Um, but, but yeah, they are projecting, right? But as soon as, mm-hmm. you know, when, when push comes to shove, they're kids. When reality man. hits. Yeah. They're kids. Yeah. And that's the thing. Um, and then we have a little bit of manipulation with Shelly. And um, Andy, yeah, double cross, yeah, it's the whole double. Well, cross it's setting it up, but setting up setting the double up, cross, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, setting up like, oh, uh, you know, um, doing a little bit of. Yeah, Leo was with Jock last night or the yeah. t- a couple nights ago, and I don't know what that means, but I'm just giving you this information. So, and then Andy gets real serious, of course. Like Andy, right? Like Andy can't tell that he's being manipulated. Like I, I have a really strong sense that Agent Cooper would know immediately. I think even Harry might even get a sense that sure. he's being manipulated, you know, the sheriff, but not, not Andy. Andy's no. just going along with it. Andy swallows it hook, line and, and sinker, as they say, for as a uh, yeah. fishing, fishing reference. Um, yeah. And they're really, ex- they're really excited about this whole thing. And of course, importantly, Leo calls, right. And they get, again, they get a little bit, a little, a little bit nervous of that. Well, but, yeah. What's the first question Shelly asks? She asked, like, where are you calling from? Yeah, exactly. Like, not how are you or hey. Like, it's like, where are you calling from? <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, again, a uniquely 90s, like, no one, like, now you can call from anywhere. Like, literally. Like, right. it doesn't matter. Like, where you're and, calling from is not important. Right. <laughs> um, but we end the shot with uh, the gun. Right. And we know that the plan is that Shelly's he Bobby takes the gun, puts it in Shelly's hand. And we again, we push in to Shelly and the gun. And um, 
you know, she. I think there's not a lot of confidence she, there, but no. But she says, she says, I can't wait for you to get home too. Like as she's holding yep. the gun, and that's kind of like where they end it. Yeah. So very interesting. And then the next, the next scene again, we're 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 it's these are all about these relationships that have these first this first act is all these relationships just coming mm-hmm. together, right? And we see Ed and um, um, Norma. Norma, right. I love this scene. I, I tell you what, they're both actors really kill it. They're really good. They're both really good. And there's a lot of stuff that goes unsaid um, throughout the entire, uh, you know, dialogue, right. w- which I think is really great. I mean, you know exactly what each person is thinking and wanting to say and why they want to say it and um, and why they have to do what they have to do, even though neither one wants to do it. Right. You know, and they, that's- they both feel trapped. Yeah, and that's the that's the great writing that we like to see when we do a scene, right? The scene has a beginning, yeah. a middle, and an end. Nobody says exactly what they really want to say, uh, but it's all implied under the surface. Um, and that's what we want to see in a good scene. Uh, and uh, you know, like I said, these guys, these the, we are not talking amateur hour. When we're talking about no, and I will say, yes. and when when uh, Norma says something, I can't. She says something like, um, uh, "Like this is what happens, like at the end of your life when yeah. you haven't done anything." Fr- I mean, just the despair, like you know, I waste my life. Like my life is my life is over. Like be, being with this person, I made some poor choices. I'm with this person, Hank, and and this is, and I'm not getting out. I'm stuck here, man. This is my life. It's done. Really, kind of a depressing type of scene yep and and the other thing that i like about the scene is like there's a lot of like a lot of like questions are answered with more questions or questions are answered like very succinctly but like vaguely right which is like yeah we know it's not vague like there's nothing vague that's happening here right it's it's very clear um but you don't want to say that and asking a lot of questions and it's just good it's like a, a lot of nice a nice like so uh, let me tell you this so like i said i've been watching a lot of these teen movies and what i really appreciated here is that they're not trying to explain everything to the viewer right right like that they don't like ed and norma would not in this in this moment ed and norma are not going to talk about their backstory and be like why they're in this jam right like they wouldn't do that because they already know right they're two people that already know they don't need to explain it yeah we know too but not everything right yeah but they don't have to explain it to the audience like oh remember that time a couple years ago when we broke up and that was they don't have to explain all that to, to themselves and so they're not they're not doing it to us like as the audience we're like right. get we're gleaming that whereas a lot of enough. other places that yeah well i've seen a lot of the the previous movies that i've seen they're constantly telling you what happened in eighth grade and they're like oh remember that time in eighth grade when we did this this is why our relationship is like that it's like okay yeah like why would somebody have that conversation right you know no one has and that's that's what i tell that's what i talk about with my students when they're screenwriting you know Think about the conversations that you have and think about how many times, you know, you are explaining yourself to your friends. You're not. Right. 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 You yeah. and, and don't worry about the audience. The audience believe that your audience is smart enough to catch up because yeah. that's what that's what makes compelling uh, dialogue. 
Yeah, and you know what? And if you're writing for a TV show, you can always have like ep- like last episode, episode five, when you just lay everything on Front Street. Right. And like, hey, everybody if who hasn't got it yet, here it is. <laughs> here it is. It's yeah. the Front Street episode. Um, yeah, so anyway, I really like this scene. I like this scene a lot. Um, and I'm hoping that this is not the end of Norma. I, I, I have a feeling it's not, but I hope it's not the end of Norma and Ed's relationship. But like, again, if it is, like, that's the way it works, man. You yeah, know what I'm saying? That's, like, that's the yeah. way it works. I think they um, both believe it's the end of their relationship, at least for now, because she says, don't call me or she's yeah, at least don't not for me. a while. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because they both got like Norma's not doing well. Uh, Nadine's not doing well. I'm Nadine, sorry. Yeah. Nadine's not doing yeah. well. And we don't know, like, we don't know what Nadine is, but we find out, like, okay, Nadine's not doing well. And, like, there's a sense of, like, Ed's humoring her with these drape things, right? Yeah. And it yeah. kind of everybody knows it. But um, Ed can't leave her, you know? No, I mean, that's clear. Ed, it is clear that, that Ed can't leave. And, and it's clear, it seems pretty clear that Shelly can't leave either. And there was almost a sense you get, like, you know, all their plans they were making. Were they just like making those plans just to be like, maybe, you know, they wanted to believe those plans, but well, like in the very beginning, so in the very beginning when Shelly said, not Shelly, but when Norma says, you know, Hey, did you talk to Nadine? And he goes, Hey, she's not that not well. And then Nadine says, uh, I, or I'm sorry, the Nor- Norma then says, uh, Oh, you're waiting for me to go first. Like there's this, there's this, you can tell that there's this idea of like, they're both kind of waiting to see they've got these plans, but no one is really sure if it's going to work out. And they're both kind of seeing who's going to go first because neither one really thinks it's going to happen. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, really, I think it's a nice scene. Um, Oh, then we go to uh, so after that scene, it, like it ends, I think, really cool with like him behind like all his like equipment and everything. Yeah, he, he's watching her walk away, and he's yeah, he's looking down and, and just kind of thinking. Like that's like that says says us so much. Uh, and yeah. when you get an actor who can kind of like pull that off, it's really good. Well, and then you go right to a scene where there's no uh, there's no subtlety at all with uh, Audrey. And she is making it pretty clear that she wants the job at uh, the, the perfume counter. Right. But but again, like as a scene, we have a beginning of the scene, a middle of the scene and an end of the scene. And it's Audrey first is like, hey, so what do you think? Like Audrey knows. Like she's yeah. not like, again, she's not asking a question that she doesn't know the answer to. Right. She's, right, at, right. she's like she knows what she wants and she knows that she's going to get it. Right. But she's playing along for now. Um, and you know, uh, the dude's really excited, like, oh, we got some, you know, things. and she's like, whoa, 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 let me just stop you right here. Right. This is, <laughs> this is where we're going to go with this. And, um, you know, it, it, she even stands out like, well, this is really nice when we're talking again, the camera moves with her, but like mm-hmm. when you're talking about power relationships, right. You always want to think about like who's higher than the other person. And this is a great scene of that. She literally stands up and gets higher than this adult person. Right. Yeah. And is like, this is how it's going to work. Right. Um, who's in control right now. She is all the way. Right. Well, you know what? I, th- I think that's interesting. Who's in control. She's definitely in control. Uh, but again, she's, she's a moment to moment type person. Like, I think she, I don't know if she really knows the long game. The long game is like, hey, let's get to the, let's get to the perfume counter and see what's going on at the perfume counter. Cause I need to help 
Cooper, because if I help Cooper, then bingo, bango, we're partners, we're going to be together. You know, that's her thinking, right? And I don't think she's thinking about, hey, you know what? The last two people that were at the perf- perfume counter, um, they're both dead. Well, right. Well, I don't yeah, know if Ronette's dead, quite frankly, but yeah, like, I mean, she's in a coma. She's in a coma. Um, but but coming from a, a teenage brain, like you're not going to think that it's not going to happen to you, though. Like you're the yeah, one who's going to exactly like right. stop that's, it, right? And she, and right. she even goes as far like it's it's not. Listen, I don't want anybody to get the impression that the way you, that you need to do something as a female is like lie about being sexually assaulted, like. And, right. and that's coming like through here, like loud and clear, you know, that she's going to well, use yeah, whatever not, she can. Mm-hmm. There's no moral like, listen, her dad is she's, you know, she's coming from her dad's perspective. Like there's no morals here. There's nothing like she's going to yeah. get what she wants and she's going to do it however she needs to do it. Right. Right. Um, you, you know, and you said like in the very beginning, we said she's like the id, right? She's like just pure, like. I'm going to do what I want. You know, I mean, well, we said that with and, Ben Horn, we said, yeah, but definitely oh yeah, she right. is like, she's, she is that way. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah. And then she's like, well, let's get started. Right. Lastly, we come up with these two, your favorite relationship. Oh, in the whole so, thing. Yeah. It's so boring. They're so boring. <laughs> I, you know, to be honest, like I was at this point, uh, watching this and again like it's all this first act is all like boom 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 relationship relationship relationships let's yeah. see. and I was like Ugh. I was like come on like this is an episode that I want to like I was I was getting tired at this point watching this episode <laughs> um, and and we're hearing some backstory from James which I'm not interested in but like maybe it, it again it's showing it's that backstory is more of the soap opera backstory than anything else I think yeah. Um, yeah. And it doesn't make me feel anything for James. Yeah. You know am I supposed saying? to be like, sympathetic to him? Like, I don't know. I mean, it, to me, all it is is just like there's a lot to this, you know, town and that that seems to be involved with like this flesh world type thing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's I mean, it's all about. It's and the it may underbelly be, you know of the the town. It's the but, underbelly. But you know what? What's what's interesting to me is you've got, and now looking at it from like a 2021 point of view, when I'm thinking, here's a small town, a logging town. The only industry for probably miles and miles around is logging. If you're not in the logging industry, what are you doing? You're a mechanic, or you're working at the the restaurant. There's right. not too much else for you. And so, what happens then? And these things seem to get, uh, you know, these idle, idle hands or maybe this this issue of like not having work now seems to drive people to prostitution because there's a, it, that seems to be a thriving thing happening in in um, Twin Peaks. But also right. these drugs and there's a casino, there's all these vices that are out there as well. And that, you know, looking back on these small towns that are just getting smaller and smaller and smaller as industry leaves. I think that's a nice commentary. I don't think that's what they were going uh, in 1990. I don't think they were thinking about that. But I think in 2021, you can certainly think about that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that. You know, the the relationship between the business. And again, that's that's what we're thinking about. If we're turning in 19 and it, it, to be fair, in 1990, you are thinking about estates and these big developments coming in and, distri- and taking over yeah. 
the sub uh, you know small these small towns right and you're lose what are you losing when you bring that in and and we and we're seeing some of that um the next shot again is this this nice camera work with following the donuts so it's great to follow something and then we oh i just wanted to say i just wanted to say here so this establishes now with the donna and james scene it establishes now we've got basically three people three groups of people trying to solve this mystery of of laura palmer you've got right you've got the detective you got cooper and the police you've got um audrey she's doing her own like separate investigation and now james and donna are like we've got to figure it out no one else but us can fit very again very typical you know um you know high school kids right. point of view only we can really find out what's going on here right, right? the adults don't know what's going on we right. do where we can figure it out and again so you've got now three groups of people trying to find out what's going on with laura palmer so yeah yeah no that, that's important because again we're on episode six here we got seven yeah. and eight seven is going to be probably traditionally going to be that kind of like climax point and then you know we have eight which is like the resolution if there is, I, who knows i don't know if there's going to be a resolution of this thing um <laughs> but but we'll we'll get as far as we we can um so this uh, this is the point where we're we're getting some information here uh, with the mailing addresses, and all of a sudden uh, we see that there's a connection here because he sees in the picture some red yeah. drapes. Yeah, you know, and, and he sees red drapes in one picture. He sees red drapes in the Flesh World magazine, right? And yeah. we know that that's Laura because the addresses are matching. Right in his dream, right? The red drapes in his and the red drapes in his dream because he's Cooper's like uh, the, because. Yeah. You know, the sheriff, Harry's like, what do you mean? Like, do you see any, like, identifying marks? And he's like, yeah, they're red drapes. Yeah. <laughs> you know? like, yeah. Duh. <laughs> that's, um, that's what we've been looking for. There's so, another, so. and also just, there's there's two moments in this film, in this episode, I should say, where, like, they have this, the a person close up of somebody step into frame, another person and another person. So you get all three. In yes. this one, you get all three, and then the next time we see that, you get four. all these four people, which is yeah. like really this like nice like all right, we're all in this like looking and gonna like, yeah. do it. Uh, yeah. It's a funny kind of like framing, um, but it's I just think it I just think it really works. So, so let me ask you this: I did something that you couldn't probably do in 1990. I paused the uh, the Netflix the the streaming thing that I was looking at to see what the pictures were when he opens up the, um, you know, he opens up the door to the cabinet, the cabinet. and, and there are a bunch of pictures at the very bottom. We pan, th- well, maybe, I don't know. Do you pan, do you boom down, whatever you were, whatever you do, you, you pan, I thought it was panning down. You and don't, you pan, see first a, of all, you don't pan down. Panning is left to right on a still okay. camera, so, on a still, so tr- on a booming? tripod. Okay. A boom is when the camera goes up and down. The, the camera goes up and down. A tilt is when the camera tilts up and down. There's okay, a difference so I, between those. I don't know if this was a tilt or a boom. Well, I'm, but I'll, any, I'll go back and see. what. Let me see where, where it is. But anyway, you, you see all these pictures, but you can't really tell what these pictures are until it lands on the... Um, the picture of the lodge. And so I did pause to see exactly what those pictures were. The first picture <laughs> really brought me back. And I can't remember. It brought me back to like 
the 80s maybe so what it is it's a picture of two guys uh and there are people behind them i'm not gonna explain the people behind them but there are two guys and they're kind of looking into the camera and they've got uh faces they're they're uh you know they're naked from the top up um and so on their bellies there are these faces they've got painted on their bellies and then from their pants down they've got what looks like a uh a a body a torso right so um you know and then what they're holding are these big giant hats the idea being you put on this big giant hat on your torso so just your belly is exposed and it's a top hat and then you have the face and then you have a little it looks like a little person I mean, well, it looks like a short person then, um, you know, that you can like dance around. And the belly and for, is the face. The belly is the face. And for some reason, I remember this. This was something that you saw like late 80s and 90s. Do you like? Yeah. America's Honey's Funniest Home Videos would have yes. that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like so, you would, I think they would, if you were skilled enough with your with the 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 your belly you could make it look like they're whistling yeah i think that was the thing they would be like that was the thing in america's funniest home videos so that is there's a black and white uh, picture of that and then it like moves down and then there's like this kind of like building that just says sex shop on it right and then they then you move down to where the so there's basically three um three pictures that picture of the two dudes with the big hats Right. The sex shop, and then finally the lodge. The cabin. The cabin. I'm sorry, cabin. Okay. Yeah, that's in- interesting. But I mean, okay, so I guess you can start thinking. Like, definitely, it's setting us up in some way. You know, again, they, they just didn't like, hey, uh, can uh, you know, Cedric, yeah. give me you know three pictures, please. Yeah, they didn't just randomly grab three pictures, black and white pictures, and. Um, I did not recognize the people in, you know, the, the people that were, you know, dressed up. I did not recognize the two men. So. Hmm. Um, well, they're going to take a walk in the woods, uh, to find that cabin. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so that, that's but, what I like. Okay. That's, well, you know. I, but I do think it's an important plot point. I know we rarely actually talk about the actual plot, but an important plot point is that Jacques is not only is Jacques Renette's pimp, but he also seems to be Laura's pimp as well. Both Laura and Renette are in Flesh World. Yes. And 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 Jacques is the one that is handling it. Right. Yes. That is yes, that is true. Um now this is a great scene in the diner. This is the, you know, this is the kids. Trying to get uh, some yep, information. Trying mystery to find machine, more information. It's yep. Scooby Doo. Yeah, yeah. They're meeting at the diner. Uh, they're having a cherry coke, which they don't finish, um, but that's fine. I don't think she does. She take a sip out of it. I don't even. Th- I don't think she has a. a sip do you think it was? A, do you think it was a cherry coke, like an actual cherry coke, you know, product, or do you think it was like a Coca Cola that they put cherry syrup in? I think it was probably Coca Cola that they put cherry syrup in. Um, Cherry Coke, I believe, was out at this time. Like, I love, like, Cherry Coke was, like, my, if we went to, you know, out to dinner or something. Yeah, Cherry Coke's the thing to get. That's what I would get. I would get a Cherry Coke. And normally it would not be a, you would put the cherry syrup in. Normally it would be the Cherry Coke Yeah. from the yeah. whatever. Um, although sometimes they did, but that, that was very rare. Cherry Coke was a thing you know, that you could buy. 
But in this situation, I think they probably probably made okay, it. Okay, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. I mean, maybe. I don't know. It's 1990. It's not like it's the 50s, but... But in that diner, we've already talked, like, in that diner, it might be the 50s. Who knows? This is Earth That's 2. True. That's true. What confused me at the scene, and I guess it's not as confusing now as I think about it, but the focus was, I think the focus was off uh, with, I think the focus was off with Maddie because she looked slightly soft in her focus, but like the. Here's, I actually wrote down like, did they put like a pantyhose like in on a, like the lens or something, or like smear it with like Vaseline, or you know how you do that sometimes. Yeah, like, I don't know if that was like a mistake that they just tried to get away with. Listen, pulling focus is tough, um, and getting focus on a narrow shot with that. This is you know they're not. This is not, uh, you know, video. Uh, where or nowadays when they can see the, the screen right away, right? So like, there's tape measures involved with this, right? right? You have a you have a chart where you're like, okay, what's the focal uh, distance and the the depth of field that I'm having depending on my you know depending on my f stop and there's a whole bunch of things that go into complicated, complicated. where my focus is going to be and it looks like the they just got it a little wrong because the focus is on the um just the seat right behind her right like i can see like that that seat pretty clearly um and it's really super narrow focus like the it is narrow focus shallow focus so we say but right the other thing that i'm thinking about is like it's important because i did notice this there's somebody in the booth behind them and so i'm thinking like do we intentionally um soften that focus a little bit uh, so that so that we notice maybe the thing right behind her because if the shallow was too if the focus was too shallow it would be a little bit too blurry I don't know I'm just I'm just throwing out that there they could have just missed it they could have just missed it you know maybe she know. sat up a little I, bit I also when she think was they might be trying to back. do something like I think they might also trying to be like uh, trying to get it so that um, you know it's not so obvious that she's in fact the person. That she's in fact Laura, you know what I mean? Yeah, maybe. I mean, they nailed the focus on on the other shot, the reverse shot of Donna and and James. So uh, maybe that's true. Maybe they're just like putting her out of focus for a reason. But again, the person behind is more in focus, and I think that's important because that's a reveal that happens, right? The reveal yeah. that happens is they get up and they're like, "Okay, you go find the thing that's hiding in Laura's room." Um, we got an idea that somebody like something happened to her and we're going to try to find out. And then we go see uh, who is it. But it is Hank. Right. Yeah. Sitting there. Yeah. And uh, he does not look too happy about this situation that just he just no. heard. No, we we know that Hank is. I think now you, you, you come to realize that Hank is an issue. Yeah, cert- I mean, certainly. And uh, so this kind of like cold. You know, Hank switches. He's he's trying to be warm and friendly to um, uh, um, what is it? Nadine? No, it's um, Norma. So he's trying to be nice to Norma, um, but we are seeing clearly that uh, Norma is Norma's pushing back his advances. Just she's still a little cold. She just probably just you know she just got her hair all done yeah. and stuff like that, and yeah. she just talked to to Ed. And she's pushing back a little bit, but he's he's trying his best, his charm. Um, well, he's you know what he's he's definitely got this issue where um, 
he's joking around with her, but like being serious about it. You know what I mean? Right. Like he's he's like, oh hey, boss. He calls her boss, and like, hey, right. can I just finish my cup of coffee? It's just flirt. It's flirty, man. He's trying to just be a little flirty, trying to kind of be- get back into good graces with her. And th- right. But I, 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 there is a under, there's a tone that, um, that you can just feel from him. I don't know. I d- I felt that anyway. That it's mm. more. It's like there's a there's an underlying to this flirtiness. So. So, we cut to um, Shelly, and Shelly's looking a little nervous. Um, and we go to, of course, the soap opera. Um, and there's like somebody's like tied up, and there's a fight, and there's a double cross. I mean, there's another yeah. double cross. Don't ever double cross me. And there's like a good uh, punch. Uh, yeah. That happens, yeah. right? Invitation to love. All right. So now we're now this is it. We're jumping in. Uh, this is a big scene. Um, and this again, the camera work you must have noticed in this one because it is this like fast pan uh, yeah. back and forth between yes. the the father and the mother, and I like that a lot. Like it, it's it's showing like they're together, but yet um, they have these kind of like individual kind of like you know they're boom 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 quick quick quick. Uh, I like that a lot. Do you think Doctor Jacoby is after watching the scene without describing the scene? Do you think Dr. Jacoby is good at what he does or, you know, because some of the stuff that he was doing, you're like, what the heck? In the very beginning, you're like, what the heck is he doing? Like, why is he trying to do this to Bobby? And then there's this big reveal, right? He, I, I'm trying to figure out, is Dr. Jacoby really good at what he does? Well, you know what? I think Dr. Jacoby went into this his field, right? Um Wanting to like change the world, man, and like really, and I think he's good at what he does. And what has happened, which he reveals to us a few episodes back, is like he doesn't care anymore, man. Yeah, yeah like yeah. he's sick of hearing everybody's little problems. Like he thought he was gonna be really helpful to people, and it turns out he can help people, but people are gonna be people. They just don't. They go back to what they like. I think he's very discouraged and he's just like, who cares, man? Yeah. And then he found Laura and was like, wait a second. Like there's something one, like there's somebody I can really help here. Right. Um, And I'm, you know, I'm actually like going to, you know, give it my best and give it. She's brought me back to like caring about human beings. Um, and so I think that's, that, that happens. Um, and so I think he is good at what he does. I think he, he really took Bobby, you know, through something, you know, and like got to a really in uh, the heart of Bobby's issue. He did. But he also knows a lot. Like he didn't do this from his own kind of like like figuring out who Bobby was. He he yeah. like Laura's told him all this. Right. Right. And that's that's what I kind of I even wrote that down, too. I, I, I was wondering if like when he goes like the first thing he does to try to get him to like open up is like, Hey, did you sleep with Laura or like, did you cry afterwards or whatever? Uh, or what made you cry afterwards or something like that. And so like that probably that information, I don't know if he just guessed at that. I think that information was probably given to him by Laura cause he listens to Laura's tapes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was so good. Like, I, I would say that he, that Laura had told him. Yeah. So and then he really gets him to um, kind of break down. I, I think I think really the fact that he kind of breaks down and says like 
she made me do all this stuff. Like I was doing all this stuff because she made me do it. Like I wasn't in control of this. I believe him. I really do think that he was doing it. He was selling the drugs. Not only the only reason he was selling drugs and got in with with Leo and and all involved with this is because Laura wanted drugs. Right. And I agree with that 100 percent. Yeah. Made him do it. And and also like this idea that we you know, we start this this whole series with the understanding that Bobby is like a corrupted figure. And we're like, why the heck is Lara, who is, you know, beloved by all, hanging out with this dude who just seems like really on the wrong side of the tracks and and maybe not wrong side of the tracks, but he's he's on the wrong side of the law, basically. Right. So um, like that's something that's like we're questioning. Like he's the star. We even said that like it doesn't feel right that the star quarterback Right. Mm-hmm. Is yeah, wearing right. like this leather jacket and doing all this stuff. We feel like that wouldn't necessarily be the way like there's certainly tropes about star quarterbacks, but this was not necessarily one that yes. we feel. Yeah. Yeah. And so we're thinking like, what the heck? Like she's the she's the homecoming queen. And of course, she should be with the just like Ed and and, and Norma. Like, of course, she should be with the, the quarterback. But the quarterback seems really like weird. Right. Yeah. has a bit going to practice. Right. Well, all this stuff. And now we find out why. Right now, we find out the big reveal is that Laura has been corrupting him. Yeah. Right. And yeah. and that I like that idea that um, Laura felt so corrupted that she needed to corrupt others. Yes. So yeah. now again, the the mystery is not necessarily who killed Laura, because frankly, uh, listening to to this, she was somebody was going to kill her. You know what I'm saying? Like she was, she was, she was destined to die young because she was search, she was looking for that. She was searching that out. She so she says a couple of things that I think that it, like he says a couple of things that Dr. Jacoby uh, Bobby does. He says like, uh, you know, every time she tries to get make some things better, she makes something pulls her back down. And she's yep. and he even says like the blackest nightmare. He he goes back, she, he she goes back to his blackest nar- uh, nightmare, and. So the thing that you're looking now, again, this is the mystery doesn't seem to be who killed Laura Palmer. You know, who is Laura Palmer? Now we've actually changed it. And it's like, what secret was Laura Palmer hiding this secret that corrupted her? Like, right. what's this so, secret that was so horrible that it corrupts her into this other person, basically this other person? Yeah. You know, yeah, seeking exactly. basically death, you know, not wanting to live anymore. Right. And we can see why she, like, there was a perception of that she was so good because she tried in her way of trying to, like, push back on this corrupted, like, thinking. Yeah. She tried to do better and better and better things, hoping that that would pull her out. So, of course, everybody thought she she did everything good, all the most amazing, because she was trying to bring herself out. Yeah. Um, and the idea that she would corrupt others, uh, I think, is interesting. Because we see that with Bobby, right? Yeah, clearly. She, she, I mean, she now yeah. instead of she, maybe she got to a point where she was like, "I know that doing trying to do good stuff is not working. Like, look, that's not pulling me out. So, what if I then start corrupting others? Will that make me feel better? Right? Yeah, and yeah. so she's just trying to get out of that. And um, it's actually really sad. It is, and and it's this issue too of like, um, like who else? Like she didn't see like 
Donna's her best friend, but Donna doesn't seem to be corrupted, right? I mean, it's only Bobby, and he even seems to be like trying to get out of it by right. seeing Shelly, right? Like he is trying to his best not to to be in that relationship totally, but he keeps getting drawn back in with her. Yeah. Like he can't quit her, you know? Yeah. And um Yeah, and so like we leave it there and again, I I don't know about like Dr. Jacoby, like Dr. Jacoby seemed to know all of this. And he's kind of like, listen, I feel like some of this is just kind of like, he's just like, yeah, you know, you, you want to like mess with me? Like, I'll I'll get you to that point or whatever. Yeah. Um, and he got there. And then we cut to the scene of the, you know, this is this is them going in and they're trying to search to find this this cabin. Yeah. I kind of was curious on how they they actually found the cabin. Like, where did they know where to look? They're just well, like, oh, like, so, just go into the hike in the woods? Well, no. I mean, they're tracking, they're being, tra- like, he's track. like, Hawk, I do have a bit of a problem with Hawk tracking and being this expert tracker, and I'm assuming that he is just really good at what he does. It doesn't necessarily have to have with this kind of, like, he is um, indigenous, so. And I, he, is, I, he said, I mean, he says he's from the black uh Black Hawk tribe, I think. Yeah, but that I mean, doesn't mean not that you're hide that. Yeah, I but mean, it also doesn't mean that you're an expert tracker just because you're from the back Black Hawk tribe. You know true. what I'm saying? Like, I, I want yeah. us to be aware that maybe he is just somebody who's really good at tracking as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but certainly he's tracking. I mean, there's he's picking up sticks and looking at them and like getting a sense of classic where he's going. tracking techniques. By the way, yeah, I mean, he's he's clearly like knows what he's doing from this. Uh, they're walking sneakily through the underbrush and um, they come to a cabin. I will say that I, I do want to point out like the FBI jacket really bothers me because it is it is definitely an Earth 2 FBI jacket because it's really? kind of I like was... an FBI jacket, but it is the font is totally wrong. Well, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking like maybe that's what the FBI jackets looked like at the time i don't i mean no no i but yeah and, and it's not like i was thinking that too i was like oh maybe the fbi maybe they couldn't use the fbi jacket because they couldn't get that particular but i know in other in other movies in the 70s 80s they had real fbi logo jackets on like so this hmm. is clearly a style choice which it's makes definitely sense. A style I mean, choice yeah yeah um, but what I like about this is um, Cooper goes like, that's not the cabin we're looking for. And Hawk is like, maybe, but maybe, maybe not. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. um, meaning like, is it the one that we're looking for? Well, if we're looking for the one with the red curtains, then no. But is it a cabin that we're looking for? Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. And um, so I like that they go in. And it's revealed that's guess whose cabin it is. It's yeah, it's Margaret's. It's the log lady. Yeah, Margaret the log lady. I, I love. I I actually really like this whole scene yeah. and everything. Everything's cool about it. And what really is shocking to me is that like Hawk is on board right away. Hawk is like it, he even at one point because Cooper surprisingly Cooper's like, what are we doing here? Like, what? Is, why are we even wasting our time? Right. I mean, See, that's one, not surprising to me, but uh, but go ahead. I, I think it is because he he's so 
like his whole investigative method is using dream dream analysis he's but it's but he never like, but that's the point he never dreamt of the log lady he never dreamt of this cabin there's nothing mm-hmm. here that's related to his dream he is solely focused on if something is related to my dream then it's important if okay. not i'm not going to concern myself with it yeah and yeah. this is a big part of like this is a realization for cooper of like you got to slow down yeah you got to be uh you got to let yourself again we're talking about control right he wakes up having no control you got to say like you got to put somebody else in control now and you just have to receive and that's not something cooper can do but yet in order to get something uh at this point he needs to do that and if we're talking about like character arc here that's an important lesson that perhaps is uh, is how he grows as a character right to a point where like i'm coming in I know everything. We're going to do it my way. I understand things to a point of being like, okay, sometimes I have to let go of that and be able to have other people do it in order for me to get the information that I need. So, yeah. Well, I, I it's a, it, I think it's a big event because Cooper definitely has changed after this. I mean, in the sense that he has, he's accepted this, right? And just, I mean, the, the, the fact that Hawk, you know, kind of guides him through this process and even Harry to a lesser extent. Harry, it, totally. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. like, let's just, let's just do this, man. Like they're, we're from Twin Peaks, you know, the Bookhouse boys. Like we know that there are things out there that seem strange, but, uh, you know, we're doing it. We're going to do this and we're going to figure out what the log has to say. The log saw something that night and right. we need to know what it saw. Yeah. And, uh, she refers to owls, which we've seen before, right? We saw the owl looking mm-hmm. down in the last episode. And um, so th- this, again, is bringing some imagery together that yeah. we had seen previously that we didn't maybe didn't understand. But now we, we understand. So the understand owls it. seem to be bad. Is That's that's what I understand. I don't know if the owls are bad or the, the owls see things that let the bad things uh, see what's okay. going on. Yeah. All right. That makes more sense. I don't want to put. Yeah. You don't put a value on the owls. Yeah. But they. But they at least alert somebody of something. Right. We have a devil reference with smoke, right, and fire. Like this fire. Like again, yeah. we see fire all the time coming uh, coming to play here, and the devil. Um, and we get a uh, we get some information. We it's it's still cryptic information. Yeah. Um. But we do come come away from uh knowing a little bit more of like what happened that night yeah and i thought it was interesting and look i've seen the whole i've seen the whole right first season but he she he he says something that it was like the day after the wedding that uh, so he's talking about how margaret's husband met the devil and uh then died Mm-hmm. And it was the day after the wedding. So I don't know if it was the day after her wedding or after what wedding. I don't know. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, I wasn't sure about that either. It, but it, of course, it could also mean not too much at all because like right. she's speaking in she's speaking in uh, code. You know what I mean? Like a language that uh, that we don't exactly know. Hawk seems to understand what she's talking about. Right. He says there's lots right. of spirit and wood like Margaret. Go ahead. Like talk to us about what your what your log saw and we and yeah again we find out what happened what the log saw kind of putting it together yeah 
and there's still some mystery there, but but it, we're getting a little bit closer. Um, that raven is, uh, you know, a a, the, a recurring thing that we saw, like yeah, kind of there, and then flew away. And when we get to the house, the cabin, and um, again, there's that kind of nice shot of like the uh, the heroes right lining up yeah. and mm-hmm. uh, gonna go do this. And the cabin, and the music, I think, the cabin, oh, yeah, the, the song. Well, yeah, right. because the yeah the it, the music's always in the air, right? Right. Uh, where we're from, music is always in the air, and so yeah, and in and, and well, Cooper even says that when he walks in, and the the record player is just right. constantly playing, and it, really the 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 cabin, just kind of again another kind of front street moment where we're like, here's where all the pieces fit in, right? You know, we find a bird, you know, we find Waldo the bird, we find a poker piece. That has a chip missing uh, right. out of it. We have we find some twine, you know. Yep. I mean, everything is everything. And ca- is well, there. and a camera, and a camera, and a camera. Because right, there was that picture that was taken, right? Yeah, the, the picture is taken there. So, um, yeah, everything's here. Um, so then we're getting into the big party for the Icelandic people trying to impress oh, can them I say, can i say this because i think it's interesting like um i think i think we're focusing less and less on um the actual mystery part now right because everything seems to be wrapped like we're just getting like toads of like in or tons of like info dump now it's like oh here's how everything matches oh you were looking for a uh piece uh trying to find a poker piece oh here it is oh the twine here it is like they're just like and last episode too was just like oh the mystery stuff here's all the mystery stuff right and what we're actually finding is like the the personalities like the drama that's happening between the relationships behind that's actually deepening right which i think i think is a, a you know it's obviously on point for what this show is the show is not a crime document or a crime drama the show is a soap opera Right. right, the important part, the 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 killing of Laura just was like started the whole drama of these relationships. Right. So interest. I again, just something I wanted to point out. Yeah. Um, and uh, something that I want to point out is the shot of um Josie Packer in the dark smoking, uh, I guess from a cigarette in one of those cigarette holder things that. Well, yeah, you know you're a, an evil or like you are a bad person when you have one of those long skinny yeah. cigarette holders you know yeah that's a fact sitting in the dark yeah that's yeah we we know exactly what that iconography is um and i i like the um there's again this oh no it wasn't this this cut but but there's another cut anyway we go in we're seeing there's a big reception we're like welcoming the icelandic people um trying to get them <laughs> Catherine Martell comes in and she's like Catherine Martell and spouse like she's yeah. not even willing to give him a name him. at this point yeah right? he doesn't acknowledge yeah yeah <laughs> not even a little bit um and, and he actually says he's like hey I ho- let's try to go easy on the booze and she just like knocks back she's two just yeah. the champagne like plays <laughs> in a row yeah, I mean, he's not even in her life anymore. Uh, yeah. She even goes, like, you might even start looking good to me. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's it's like, okay, we understand who this person is. And we kind of understand who Pete Martell is because he laughs about it afterwards. And he's like, oh, well, 
Let me go check this out over here. Yeah, right, um, yeah, some food. He could probably go fishing some other time. You know. So, so, um, Catherine Martell is super pissed. Yeah. Um, and she is pissed because she found the, uh, the poker chip, the chip from One Eye Jacks that fell out of the pocket, and she knows what that means. Um, well, it's interesting that she is. Like they are clearly having an adulterous relationship, but she's kind of angry. She must know him, right? But she's well. That's what I wrote down. I wrote down like, okay, she's scorned. She feels scorned, and maybe that's it. Exactly. Maybe that's just it. That she feels scorned, not necessarily if she feels jealous or like anything, but she feels like, hey, listen, um, I'm the best thing that you got going here, and how how dare you like think that you're gonna like find something with like these young girls like you wanted somebody with some experience right yeah the other thing i was thinking about too was the fact that oh so you know if she if he feels comfortable just like cheating or just like keeping secrets from me right in this regard what other things are they is he like trying to like doing behind my back right you know what i mean again i think that's a real concern for her can I can I ask you a question? Yeah, because I don't know this. I didn't know this reference. Maybe you do. What is the deal with the woman's name? Hepa Hepa. I don't understand. I don't understand what that. The Hepa Hepa from the the Icelandic girl, woman. Yeah, I don't know why. Was because that Jerry. I, well, Jerry's always like, "Can you believe her name's Hepa Hepa?" Like that's like a like a thing. I don't know. I, Who I'm knows? Like, I don't, Jerry's in his own world, man. I guess Jerry loves food, though that is for certain. Oh yeah. Well, I, you know what? There's a lot of food uh, in, in Twin Peaks in general. You know, you got the coffee, you got the donuts, you've got Jerry and his food and the his pie. leg of lamb and all this other stuff. Like, yeah. you know, we didn't even talk about the leg of lamb that he got in the very beginning. No, no. But that was like the. I mean, that was like the cheese sandwich. I mean, yeah. There's yeah. an understanding there. Um. It's gluttony, right? I mean, gluttony, gluttony. maybe is that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a good. That's a good. So, listen, she's she's pretty mad at uh, this guy um, Ben Horn, um, and so they have a little uh, rendezvous in the office, and Audrey sneaks in, and now is getting some information. Yeah, I get. I mean, that whole Audrey, like she she's laughing at this whole idea. She doesn't seem but that's. Too con- well, that's what's interesting. Don't you find that interesting? Yeah, I find it really odd that her reaction is not what I would expect the reaction to be. She does. She clearly doesn't care about her mom, right? And she's not. She's not horrified by this or. Disgusted I don't think she's really it. interested in her parents either. Her parents, as far as she's concerned, uh, her parents aren't 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 in the picture because yeah, a, there's some sort of uh, separation that happened there. There's something that said you know because like Ben Horns is like, listen. Uh, you're not, you know, you're not my daughter, well, essentially, yeah, said, right? Yeah, he, yeah, he said that like a couple episodes ago. Yeah, yeah, I we lost you that. a long time ago, right? Yeah. So she's, I don't think everything that she's been doing has been play acting to get him to do to manipulate him, right? right? So there's there's no love uh, there so much, which which is at the end is why I'm interested. That's what I'm interested in because she's laughing at this point. 
right? She's laughing at these two. Even like the under, like she, you know, she gets, which is also great. She she, she slaps her, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Instead yeah. of answering the question, right? Which is good. You always want to have your, it was your kind of actions. Funny. Yeah, and you want to have your actions. Uh, your actions will will tell more than your words will, right? Especially in in a visual liter- uh, visual medium like this. But um, that's funny. And she's like dying laughing at this. Like even when she's like. W- She's literally like, we're going to burn down the sawmill. And like Audrey thinks it's hilarious, right? Yeah. Um, she she doesn't care about that. Again, she, that's like adult things. She's interested in Laura, right? She doesn't care about... And the, Cooper. And Cooper, right? She's yeah. not interested in the sawmill. She she may not even see the relationship between these. Yeah, I And agree. frankly, maybe yeah. we don't even see... I mean, we don't really... There is no connection quite yet, except for the characters seem to be coming together. Right? Um and so she's laughing at this point. She thinks this is great. Um, and then, of course, it's the Leland moment. With Leland, yeah. like, got himself dressed. He's in there. He's he's in bad shape. I think he cut himself while shaving. Like, possibly, uh, yeah. He's he's not in the right place. He's ha- he's hanging in there by a thread. And then all of a sudden, the music comes on. I don't know who turned on the music. I mean, again, we've talked about how, how the music in this in Twin Peaks is like. We there don't may even not, know what the be, real music is, right? To be fair, there might not be music at that point. Although Jerry, yeah. I think, does react to music being turned on. Oh yeah, yeah there is a reaction like, to music. Yeah, yeah there is like, a reaction yeah, yeah. to mu- music. Yeah, um, but Leland is compelled when music comes on to dance, and he starts like doing his thing, and Ben is like. Go dance with that guy, man, because yeah. you, you I, can't blow it. You know, it, to Ben's credit and also Catherine's credit, Ben is immediately like, how do we solve this this situation? Like, he doesn't lose his cool. He's not, like, shocked. He's just like, yeah. we, and here's Catherine's, the situation. We have to solve it. Catherine's not, like, um, going to argue with that. Catherine knows that she's got to solve this. Pr- she's got to do it. Yeah, yeah. You know? And, and not, she's, quite, she's great at it, actually. She does yeah. a really super job. She does it's, some fact, mirroring point, like, things. Yeah, he's like, she he, mirrors. He's like, like, you know, Leland is grabbing his head. And so then, like, uh, you know, Catherine does this thing where he kind of she kind of mimics like this is like a dance move. Right. Yep. So everybody then is like mimicking and dancing this like holding your head type thing. Really? Yeah. I mean, give Catherine props, man. She's she's like she's willing to do it, man. She's it's just she's not, jumping a, she's in not a dumb woman. Like she's smart. Now, she, you know, again, like things are revealed that are being hidden from her that she did not figure out. But, uh, she was almost blinded at that point by her own kind of like, uh, ambition, yeah, ambition yeah. right? So she didn't mm-hmm. see everything that was happening perhaps. Um, but she's, she's certainly smart. Now here is the big thing that I think is interesting is now we see Audrey at this point, we might think that Audrey is like, you know, on the floor rolling with laughter at this point, right? Seeing all these adults being so crazy and having no idea what's happening. And, you know, partly, partly maybe because she like initially, she loves causing this kind of chaos with these adults. We saw it in the very beginning, but this is not what's happening with Audrey. Right. Audrey is breaking down. And crying. She's yeah. looking specifically. We know she's looking specifically at Leland because that's the way it's edited. Um, and so something's happening there that's sad. And it makes me think, okay, what kind of relationship? Is it like 
losing a father is did she have a relationship with Leland there's something there that I I'm, I'm trying to grasp and I just can't get it well I, I kind of thought about it in this sense where it's like she's seeing a f- this father have some grief and passion for her lost daughter her father lost the her right. her right and there's nothing there, he's not grieving over that you know what I mean? Like she didn't get somebody to grieve over her when she was essentially lost, right? And yet here's this father who is just in such grief and pain and agony over his lost daughter that he's completely, you know, separated from reality or or, or at least is grieving so much that he's breaking down. That may seem very sympathetic to her. Yeah. No, I... uh that's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm agreeing with you. Yeah. And it's um, certainly a change and not something we expected, but, um, but yeah, I think it, I think that was interesting. Cut to um, Josie. I thought it Kinda was just, Maddie. Doesn't, doesn't Maddie find the tape? Find a yeah, tape but we cut, we cut again to Josie there. Oh, okay. Silently okay. in her thing. We cut to Maddie. Maddie finds a tape. She's sneaking down. She's calling Donna. Um, you know, and she says, I got this tape. I found yeah. it. Right. Yeah. Perfect. Good. Good reveal. Um, we go uh, back to Ben Horn, and all of a sudden, Ben Horn comes into the room with Josie. And now we are like, okay, new relationship seemingly yeah. well we all listen you and i knew that there's something going to happen because we talked about the mirror in the very beginning right with the, the duality. very first shot yeah the very first shot <laughs> so we knew that there was a duality that's happened with um uh, josie in the very beginning and that maybe she's not what she um is at first and we see that happen we see that she does have the book she got the book uh, ben told her where the book was. Yes, yes. Ben, like triple cross here. There's yeah. a lot of double, triple crossing that's happening. Yeah. Um, ben is playing both sides of the, of. Uh, he's making sure he's he's seemingly like the mastermind here, although we have to double check with that. There's a gr- that's the cut that I that I would like there um, with the uh, with the cigarette in the burner to light the cigarette with 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 Shelly because right, we're going right. back to Shelly now and this is the big moment we see the gun on the uh the table there she looks at it uh, she sits down and she is nervous because she's you know she's thinking about what's going to happen yeah Leo pulls in and all of a sudden uh he's getting ready because he needs to do his thing he's yeah. he's getting out the 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 gas making it look like arson he's all business um, and uh, he gets a surprise visit from Hank. Yeah, and uh, Hank, I mean, Hank's the, the big dog in town, right? Yeah. I mean, we were talking about Little Fish, and we thought maybe, you know, is, you know, we, we knew Bobby and, and uh, what's-his-face, so you don't even see that other kid anymore, Bobby and... Uh, Mike, I think Snake, Mike, I think. Yeah. Snake, yeah, like, like we, we said they were small fish, right? We thought Leo maybe was more involved but maybe leo even is a small fish and he gets he gets a quite a talking to by hank uh you know yeah well he overstepped his bounds he overstepped his bounds yeah hey i told you to to mind mind the store store, not open your own franchise here yeah right 
This is my, this is a reminder. This is mine, not yours. You don't do anything unless I tell you to do it. Yeah. And, and we know what, we know what Leo's capable of. And so we just are now like, oh, I wonder what Hank is capable of. Right. Because he's the guy in charge. Yeah. And we, I mean, we already know he was in jail for, for manslaughter. That was an accident though. It was an accident. Yeah. But, (laughs) but I think we're all smarter than that. Right. And, and I love the actor who plays Leo. And I wish I knew his name. I don't know his name. I think this is a great scene for him. He yeah, comes in. So he's too. like, he is pissed. He just got a little shake. He Leo is not used to being in this situation, right? Yeah, yeah. He's like, get me a beer. Just give me a beer, right? And um, this is it. That, that pushes. She gets pushed down in the same spot that she was, I believe. Yeah. When um, we saw the first time that he uh, uh, assaulted her. And here it is. She whips out the gun, you know, and she's like, and and Leo's, this is probably not the first time a gun has been pointed at Leo. um, And I don't think he, and he doesn't believe that this is something that can happen. No. Yeah. He doesn't believe for one moment that Shelly is capable of pulling that trigger. So don't even try it. Yeah. Um, But she is. She it pulled it, man. She, 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 is. she pulls that trigger. <laughs> Only she once, does. but she pulls it. Yeah. She pulls it once with her eyes closed and drops it immediately. Um, but we get the feeling like we hear like him screaming in the background. We see like a light, the, the light moving yeah. again, like yeah. lights. You know, we haven't seen light bulbs in a while or lights, but like lights yeah. are definitely. A thing. I think your light bulb thing is. I'm kind so, of... I'm, I may be stretching it at this point, but I just want to say like <laughs> the lights are definitely right. something that is. And then we cut to the waterfall coming down. Yeah. The turbulence. Yeah. Everything's yeah. dropping at this point. You know, the 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 might and the power uh, mm-hmm. and the uncontrolled kind of fury that happens like every it's just you, everything's going going you're going along a river going, and you just it's you're drawn down into right. the waterfall it's a good cut uh and now oh. we're back to agent cooper right then we go back to agent, i almost forgot about agent cooper at the end how could i do this, this is a, i mean it's a kind of a, a, a important scene it's a huge um, scene <laughs> You know, even even with Agent Cooper being distracted by the music, he still does not miss a thing. No. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah. Right? He's distracted by the music. Maybe one, you know, maybe somebody who's not Agent Cooper uh, or has the abilities um, and the focus of Agent Cooper would just would have walked right in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he sees something uh, is askew, uh, his door specifically, and, um, you know, he goes it's go time. immediately into and this was the first time i actually saw him uh, behave like an fbi agent i think you know what i'm saying (laughs) like i think all the other times i see him it's kind of a little bit more i don't know he's just like like i said he likes to observe this like he's always seeming in such control that he's just observing like he already knows what's going to happen he already knows the answers to everything so he's just observing what everybody else is going to do right and it's just there for the ride because it's it's kind of a fun ride that he's on he likes being in this environment 
But you're right. This is the time where he's like, okay, again, not in 100% control. We know that from the very beginning that he's not going to be in control of this issue or in this episode, right? Right. And so, again, boom, something he's not in control of this. He doesn't know what's going on. And you can see now the focus and the training and that he is right. he knows what he's he yeah. knows what he's doing. It's convinced me. Yeah. Um, reach over and turn on the light, like direct. And all of a sudden, who is it? Audrey. And he is surprised. Like, Agent Cooper is never surprised. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, he knows everything. He knows before you know. And he is surprised. Did not expect this one. Did not expect it. I didn't expect it, to be honest with you. No, no. Yeah. I'm I'm just as surprised as Agent Cooper. Luckily, uh, Agent Cooper, though, has FBI training. Yeah, well, I guess we'll see what the FBI training does because then we, it's don't make me leave and we cut. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know how the FBI trains you for those situations, but I guess you know what I think Agent Cooper. Well, look, I can't say anything because I actually know, I know, I know what happens, but um, yeah, if I just watching this, Agent Cooper, man, like he's no joke. Like, and he is, he is by the book. Well, I mean, as far as by the book you can get, but. Listen, I'm, I'm, listen, Agent Cooper, again, we always talked about how patient and kind of kind he was. So I, and he was kind of brisk with Audrey in the morning. Yeah. Didn't get a lot of sleep. Right. And he's like, I'm sorry. Kind of brushed her away. But, um, but I'm sure he will be kind in this situation and patient that's his mo yeah so that's what i'm thinking but we'll have to wait till next time to see all right well um yeah let's uh let's wait till next time because we're get, we're moving into things and man i'm excited i mean we're getting to the penultimate episode here and right. uh you know seven you you know with these ep- now, I'm not going to say anything because I don't want to give anything away, but traditionally, the second to last episode in a season finale is usually pretty good. You know what I mean? Well, like, yeah, that's that's come on. That's story, that's just a story arc. <laughs> so I this is this is going to be a nice a, a nice one for you, I think. Yeah. No, this is the one that builds us up. Right. Uh, it's the beginning of the end and we are getting to the climax and then. The resolution is going to happen in the last one. If there is a resolution, again, I don't know. Who knows? Um, but we will we'll find out. All right, so that's the Shotcast for this week. I'm Brady. I'm Brian. Hold fast. <laughs>